On this very special episode, I'm sitting down with some of my very good friends, Jared and Janelle Burkholder. We will talk about their journey through foster care and adoption and how they have dealt with the changes and grief that that opportunity brings. I'm your host, Aaron Miller, pastor of equipping at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. Welcome to Magnify. Sip your coffee. This is your this is your thing. I do this. You every always time. take a. <sighs> Those are the sound effects that I tell my students don't have. No one. Wa- they're annoying. No one wants that. No one wants. Whatever. To you if eat. you're driving right now to work, you hear that and you're like, I could use a coffee. Oh gosh, wouldn't it be great? Wow. <laughs> no, Grace Coffee. Come on, to have some let's Grace use coffee? this. Like, let's let's market. Let's make a jingle. Feeling kind of sad and you're really tired. Come to Grace Coffee. You'll get wired. <laughs> oh no! Grace Coffee oh, open eight to three. I'll uh, I'll wow. stick around Cam to record. How many some cups have you had this morning? I had a few cups of coffee. <laughs> All in the last. No wonder hour. why there wasn't any left when I went to get hey, them. Hey, that's not true. Okay, there was a cup and a half, but normally there's two cups left. You didn't have any? I thought you'd already had a cup. No, we have a very tight ratio. In I the did morning. not. I did not we have any. We both get two cups exactly in the morning. In the morning, yeah. How many cups of coffee do you have? I do two in the morning, early, and then I'll usually find my way to another cup or two throughout the day. What's the highest number of cups you you were into at one point in time? Like regularly? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We drank a lot in college. Yeah, I started drinking coffee because I was in a journalism class, and we had deadlines, and it was disgusting. I had night philosophy the class. Oh. Not the journalism class. This is when I was in seminary. It was up to nine cups a day for a season. A little palpitations there? Yeah. My heart's good. already... Yeah, it's not good. <sighs> no, it's not good. It's It definitely was a problem. In my head, see, I understand science really well. I have cholesterol problems, so if I drink <laughs> enough coffee, it forces it to beat faster, which just pumps the cholesterol out. So, <laughs> basically... <laughs> Impeccable logic, I don't Jared. need to work out. I just drink coffee. Jared, do you want to... Not a doctor. Do, do you want to... Not a doctor. Do we want to slide into this? You want to introduce person to your right? I'm here with my wife, Janelle, and it's such an honor to have her in the Magnify podcast studio. I'm intimidated. Janelle. Janelle's a teacher. She's a communicator. And she also teaches a podcasting class at Legacy. But I'm never on it, though. Oh, you're I'm just, not? I'm, I'm behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah, but you know the craft, I would think. I would imagine. Yeah, but I don't talk on it. No. You edit a lot of them. I edit a lot of them. Yeah. So are you going to listen to this or are you not going to listen to this? I don't know if I'm going to listen to this. We had Ingrid on here. She did not. I don't she still does I, not want to yeah, listen to it. Yeah, I don't think I want to. But you must. Yeah, you must. What, what, what if there's something that is said by Jared, not even by you, by Jared? And almost like, certain, I do not want that. Almost known. certainly going to happen. Well, it's too late by the time I get to listen to it. <laughs> no, no, no. We would send you no, the rough you cut. You could pre-screen it. Oh. We would yeah. Send, yeah. Okay. We're very conscientious here. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. This is an intimidating circle to be in right now. It's not. Yes. Just yeah, friends. No. Just yeah, family. Friends are friends forever. You're a highly educated couple. You're a power couple. And there's like a lot of intellectual stuff flying around the room right now. You're educated. You're educators. We do correct each other's grammar. Ah, uh, she corrects my grammar. Yeah. Oh, Janelle, I On hate occasion. that. Because no, you know I've why? Stopped. He corrects my grammar all the time. <laughs> Tarmat. So you do. Ah. Uh, I heard about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's just one of many. I mean, there's so many things. It's all right. You correct my thinking. You give me little philosophical nudges. Mm. So it's probably better. It's like, actually, Jared, that takes away from Christ's deity. Let's not go there. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's a logical fallacy. No, keep talking, though. It's great. 
So can we just get into this? Yeah. Yeah. We want to know about you as a couple. How and where did you meet? Honors English class. Western Civ class. Oh, wow. We have different yeah. versions of how we met. Is there a both and here? No. In that you both had the same class? I mean, we were in both classes. Yeah, both we were classes? in both classes. Okay, so it occurred to you at different times. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, we should probably back up because I knew sure. about you long before you knew about me, it's which true. makes me sound like I'm a stalker. Um, <laughs> she used to stand outside yeah. my window when I was three. No. Wait, wait, so how, how, Jared's how, family, yeah. they're missionaries, and uh, my childhood church supported his family. So I had some prayer cards of the missionaries in our church because I'm a good spiritual person, love to pray. And also, really good-looking guy on the prayer card. It was my best prayer card, Aaron. To be fair, we'd just been in Florida, so I was very tan. <laughs> a little blonde. I'd put a little sun stuff in oh, my hair. It was sun in. Yeah. I, was, oh, I mean, yeah. this was, was what, 2004, no, 2003? Did you ever yeah. frost tips? Uh, this was my poor man's version of frost tips. <laughs> okay. There's right. peroxide yeah. in there. <laughs> Lemon juice. <laughs> What's crazy, though, is like we were in the same room as kids multiple times, never having met. Because, like, this was a—my dad's cousin was the pastor, one of the pastors at this church. So we were up there not yeah, infrequently. it's my youth pastor. We took teams from their church down. So, then so we were in the same room. You only discovered this in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew that Jared was at our college because I obviously knew what he looked like from his prayer card. And I could see him. Right. Just a minor celebrity. Yeah. Hey, in Janelle, the Baptist world. Janelle, you still have that prayer card? You know, I don't. <laughs> But Jared's oh. mom does somewhere. I'd like yeah. to get my hands on that. I can find yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Let's add that as like a, like, no, click here. Show notes. <laughs> yeah. Folks, follow the following link. Yeah. Okay. So you met, it's debatable. You met, we met in college. Freshman yeah. year. So yeah. First I, semester freshman year. I first noticed Jared in Honors English because I ordered the wrong book, which is very unlike me. But I was, I was like the wrong edition. I was trying to save money. And I was a little panicked, and he had the right one, and he let me borrow it. But then also, our professor would ask all these questions, like we knew what we were doing, and we were all we were all freshmen. We had no idea what we're like doing. The first class, I we missed. Had. I missed the first class because I had a soccer game, and then she would like ask us all these questions, and you were the only person that actually stood up and said, "We don't have a clue what you're talking about. Try again." <laughs> so and I loved that, Jared. You would also. <laughs> Correct your professors, <laughs> not just your friends. Maybe it's a pattern in my life. I don't know. It's hard to say. So I don't remember that. I remember noticing her in Western Civ. But then the first time I like remember talking was we had to do a speech, like every freshman had to take speech class. You had to do a speech with a prop, which is horrific, but we had to anyway. And so I was going to tell the story of when I got sprayed by a skunk. And I just jokingly said to her, you don't happen to have like a stuffed animal skunk, do you? And she's like, I do. And so I got her number. She actually did have like Pepe Le Pew or something like no, that. No, it was flower from Oh yeah. Bambi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I borrowed the skunk, I got her number, and then I had her number. That was your move. That was my move. Yeah. The skunk move. It worked. So listen, if you're out there. I mean, was that was that premeditated or that just was like happenstance? I think it was all premeditated. I also remember I knew that she studied in the library at night because she had soccer practice right after class. And so like I just would start going to the library more and I walked past her. Carol? Carousel? Carol? I don't know. Tarmat? (laughs) Her study desk library thing? I think it's a Carol. And uh, I was like, oh, what are you doing here? Since she let me sit down and talk. Jared made like four passes. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I was there for like three hours waiting for several nights. Getting nervous? Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. Abort. Abort. (laughs) Come back tomorrow. So when did you actually officially move in and say, hey, let's have a conversation? You took me to, uh, what was uh, that the concert? Messiah. Yeah. The Messiah concert. And then I, we went with our pastor and they took us to Perkins for dessert. Yes, and we got pie. Perkins. We got pie. And then it's, there was a romantic spark there. Dated all through college. 
And then we graduated a semester early because we wanted to get married. And save money. And save money. Janelle worked really hard to like take a bunch of classes to graduate a semester early. A little early. bitter about this. And I took one Spanish CLEP test that was so easy and I got 12 credits for it. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was great. Helps you grow up in Mexico City. Yeah. So how long did you date before you got engaged? We were engaged about a year before we got married. We, yeah. When did we get married? <laughs> Uh, 2008. 2008. So then we got engaged in 2007. Seven. It was spring break. And we started right? dating in 2005. Look at you with the math. The dates. I think. I know, right? Yes. Nick Patey would be so proud of me. Math was, is not, not a not not thing. Not, it's not. The, in the Burkholder house, our poor children. <laughs> I just um, recently miscounted yeah. all the uh, CHF boxes we had. I overheard this in your Because I can't. Uh, yeah. You were kind of freaking out. I was freaking out. <laughs> and we actually brought in four times as many as I thought, because every box holds four. Not good at math. You were just in your office silently stewing. I was. It was like, we only depressed. brought in 300 boxes? It's like, no, no, no. We brought in almost 1,200 boxes. Now, what's your proposal story like? <laughs> it's um, it's very It's planned. unexciting. <laughs> I wasn't ever a planner. No. And so the day that he told me he had this plan from like dawn to dusk, it was like, okay, well, I do think that up. was actually the... The beginning of who I am today, because I overplan everything. It was the beginning of our, our flip. Yeah, because I was like the on time. Everything is scheduled out to a T, and now we're. And I was like, I grew up in a place where opposite. time didn't matter. Yeah. We'll just figure it out. <laughs> and then that day, something switched, and Janelle was like, "Let's just love people." And I'm like, "No, we got to be somewhere now." <laughs> so for whatever reason, I wanted to get engaged at three o'clock on the dot. I don't know why, and so we like had a whole morning, and I was dumb. I put the ring box in my pocket. And so, like, we're walking around, and it's very obvious that, like, I have a ring box on me. I just, it wasn't a surprise. I remember going to that restaurant where George Washington ate. So that's, oh, like, yeah. that was pretty epic. Yeah. I'd never been there and before. And we went to Renolda Gardens. We went to Renolda Gardens, cream. got ice cream. And then, and then we, we went, went to, to that, like, lovely little gazebo. There was this country church by my parents' house, because they kind of lived down in the country. And I just remember driving by there all the time, thinking, like, they had this little garden with a gazebo. And I remember thinking, for some reason, it'd be cute to get engaged there. So I took her there and asked her. Yeah. Janelle, did you suspect what was happening? Oh, yeah. I you, 100% knew, but I didn't know. care. Like, I wanted to marry I was him. sweating profusely at <laughs> 7.30 in the morning. Did you know that she suspected what was happening? I, as soon as I, like, had the big ring box on me, it was like, this is a mistake. <laughs> I just was a little... I, I can't do anything with it. I was a little confused because you, you had the ring box when we were at Rinalda, and then, well, like... I was, they was thinking about maybe you, doing like, it there. didn't do anything there, and then we got back in the car, and I was like, okay, I guess that's it. Like <laughs> took, took a while to warm up. Yeah. We got there. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were engaged a year and got married yes. in Pennsylvania. And it snowed. And it snowed on our wedding day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you still keep in contact with your your wedding parties? I do. Jared's better at that. We look at our wedding photos. We're like, hey, who's that? I had to, like, find people because Jared had, like, 10 million friends. And I'm the type of person. I've got, like, one or two close friends. And I'm I'm good. Yeah. Because that, that I'm that, an that, introvert. And that was, was like, our story. Do you want to be in my wedding? Anybody? Anybody? No, that was our story because I had so many friends. So I had seven groomsmen. And Ingrid's like, I don't have that many friends. I'm like, well, let's get some. We'll figure it <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Just go online. <laughs> Two of them are going to be my sisters. So right? we'll get five more. Did you? So this happened where like in the span of three months, everybody who was in my wedding, I was also in their wedding. Oh, yeah. So it was like no, a horrifically a expensive season. season. It was a season for sure. Like that year we were in like yeah. six weddings or something like that. There were a lot. I was like, I can't afford to no. go to this destination. That's the you Bible know, college you know? thing, though. Like, everybody's out of the gate, married. Destination wedding? No, I can't. I, I'm poor. Well, the destinations were all, like, Michigan. But still, it was expensive sure, to get to Michigan. Sure, But you're still driving, you know. Now, do you all remember your first argument as a married couple? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> still a little bitter. So, Here we again, go. It, is, it does involve math. 
uh, when we All first got married. All of our problems involved yeah, my math pretty much. Mm-hmm. When we first got married, we were very poor. Very poor. Um, so I would budget our groceries. We did the whole envelope cash system. And Dave so, Ramsey trademark. Yeah. So, which, by the way, when we got married, we were do- taking our wedding photos, and someone stopped us and gave us a book. I think it was like the financial peace book. It was like some some budgeting book. Yeah. Like, we were doing our wedding photos with someone, a stranger, didn't know them. Like Dave Ramsey stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Like Dave Ram- yeah. yeah. And it was like, thank you. <laughs> okay. It actually ended up being helpful. So I would budget for groceries and then we'd go grocery shopping. And as we're going, like I had it, I would always write it down on a piece of paper. She would and keep then, a running tally. And of I would how much keep a running spending. tally of how much we're spending. So I knew at the end, like, I mean, I think our budget was like $50 a week. And if that, if that, like, like I, th- I think we got like, I think it was like 40. Wow. Yeah. So we I couldn't would, afford to live. No, it was <laughs> great. It's it probably bad. We got, we got the two bedroom apartment. Probably, yeah. probably should have got gotten the, the studio. Should have got the one. Oh, at the time, I'm, I'm still putting you all in Scranton. No, no, no we no. were, we were in North Carolina. We got married in Pennsylvania, but we we're already in North Carolina. I, yeah. I'm with you. Okay, so you'd already moved down to Winston Salem. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it. I was working at the mattress firm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just really budget conscious, and then we eat dinner one night. And there's leftovers. Oh, no. We, we got in a fight in the grocery oh, store, did didn't we? Because remember, I was throwing, like, we should do Lucky oh, Charms. Yeah. We should do it was this. The, it was the sugar cereal. Yeah. And you're like, we don't have any money for that. No, but I remember <laughs> I remember you, you, you threw away leftover chicken. <laughs> I and did. I was like, this chicken is still good. We can eat it. Don't you understand? You throw the poultry away. You go for the Lucky Charms. Yeah. yeah. Makes my, sense. my depression era wife was yeah. not, not excited about that. I was not. Oh, man. But we recovered. We did. And, and now I throw And you know what? Away. Now we, we can walk the aisles of Ikea. Jeez. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and Swedish meatballs at the end. Oh, yeah. I'm still upset about that. People who have listened to Magnify oh, know yeah, exactly know what I'm That's talking true. about. That's true. That's a callback. <laughs> so you all have a beautiful family, three kids, each of them with unique personalities and proclivities. Can Very we talk so. about your story when it comes to those three beautiful babies? Yeah. Would you like to start, Jared? Thanks so much. I would love to. <laughs> uh, so it started with infertility. Right when we were moving here, we started to get an inkling that there was something wrong with us. And didn't really have I a mean, chance to... I mean, we always to, knew there was something wrong with us, but just in this particular area. Not just math. It was yeah. it was more extensive than that. But didn't really have a chance to explore the medical options before we moved out here. Got a sense of what it was, but not really a, a treatment pathway. So we came out here, and Grace used to put on an adoption conference. So mm-hmm. we went to that, because we had been thinking about that. We were, you know, but we were still kind of thinking, like, we're, we're probably, we're going to at least explore some of the fertility stuff. And it kind of came to a crossroads, where it was like, we needed to figure out, are we going to do fertility things, or at least think about adoption? And so we were praying for the Lord to make it clear. We went to a fertility doctor in Burbank who was like in the 30 minutes we were with him just seemed like one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. It was like, oh. thank you, Lord. Yeah. That was very clear. I don't ever want to talk clear. to this guy again. I don't want to see you ever. And I'm good. Pretty uh, bad experience. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So then we started to explore private adoption just for a little bit. Like we met with an agency in Pasadena, but there was a whole bunch of red flags. And for us, at least it seemed prohibitively expensive Concurrent to that, we met like Mike and Beth Wilkie and the Wilkowitzes and some others who've been involved in foster care. And it kind of made it seem more possible than we've ever realized. Yeah. So I we kind think of took the plunge. When we first learned about foster care, it felt like something unattainable, like something that only superheroes do kind of thing. But And like scary. Yeah. And, like and scary. But just like to see somebody do it in their everyday life, it was like, oh, actually, like, I mean, it's still scary. But yeah. Like, it seems doable. People normalized it for us. And, like, they live normal lives while doing it, which I think it didn't have to upend your entire existence. Yeah. So we just decided to try it. Yeah. we jumped into the training. We figured, like, I mean, and the beauty of foster care is, while it's a huge life investment, like, it's it's an investment that 
felt like it fit where we were, where we were at. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, did you discover yourselves in that quite naturally or did you need to have a little bit of a conversion into it? No, I think as soon as we started, it was like, this is, this is what we were meant to do. Yeah. Like I've never, I've never felt that way really about anything. I don't think in my life, but it has been the one thing in my life where I, I think God has just Mm -hmm. gifted us to do this. Like our personalities and skill sets are very good at that. We're very different skill wise and personality wise and like bring different strengths to the weird foster care table. Because you would agree that not everyone should do this. Absolutely not. No. I think more people should do it, but not everyone should do it. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think everyone can support it. Yes. But I don't necessarily think everyone should be a foster parent. It's given you both unique avenues into the lives of, of people for the sake of the gospel and the stories that you're able to step into Yeah, as players there. It's it's very unique. It's yeah. been awesome. I mean, she works at a Christian school. I obviously work at a church. So we're just around Christians all the time. It's been a good way to get outside the Christian bubble and like be at a random McDonald's in the AV with somebody or have lots of people in our home. It's it's forced us, but allowed us to, to do some of that, which has been great. So tell me about your... Your kids. <laughs> well, I always feel like like I should mention, while we have three kids in our home right now as part of our family, we also there there are four other kids that, that we've had through our family. So I want to give them a shout out. Not that they're ever gonna listen to this. They might. But they might. Never you never know. But the kids that, that we have been able to adopt or hopefully soon, we've got a seven year old, a three, almost four year old, and a one year old who's turning two soon. And, and they're and, all and the crazy. Is, is, is the youngest is the only one. The youngest is the only, yeah. Still foster kid, yeah. Still yeah. foster kid. Well, like at the last step with him, there's just a paperwork hiccup yeah. as, is, as is common. Lots know? of lots of paperwork. We had two that we fostered prior to Andy. One we fostered concurrently with Andy. Then got Andrew. We had two more. And then got Selah. And then Danny came along. Yeah. The longest we had was Claudia. Yeah, we she she stayed with us for about a year. We had a great relationship. I feel like a lot of the foster stories out there are foster care horror stories about how terrible biological family is. Um, that has not been our experience. I know that's that's not necessarily the same for everybody, but we've had great relationships with bio families. They've taught me a lot. They've been so gracious to us as we're parenting their kids. Mm. It's been good. I remember um, we actually had Sayla's sister, and. Uh, when she went to live with her biological family and they had a baby shower for her, they invited us and we were essentially guests of honor. Like yeah. it was, it was, amazing. it was incredible. The love that they, they have showed us is. And we is, still keep in touch with them, yeah. which is pretty cool. Every time a kid comes into our family, we make them a life book, which yeah. is just basically a photo album that has a bunch of pictures and like we write stuff in there. And then we leave when we, when we, yeah, when they reunify, we leave our phone number in there. So we write them a letter. Ever, like, yeah, we write them a letter. If ever they want to call us, you know, when they turn 18 or whatever, and they're like, I'm just interested. This was a yeah. weird, like, what a weird year of my life. I mm. see all these pictures. Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah, sort we, of, we leave a letter in like a Jesus storybook Bible. So mm. just hopeful that it goes somewhere. What sort of emotional challenges has that presented for you all? I mean, because it's, I, I do remember the first one. Yeah. That. that was hard. I yeah. think the heart, like the hardest part is just because while you try to pack up all their stuff so that they can take it, mm-hmm. like inevitably there's something that gets left behind because they're kids and kids are messy and their things are everywhere. So I think it's just really hard coming back. To For me, house. the hardest the hardest part was coming back to an empty house or even if, you know, like it wasn't necessarily an empty house because we had Andrew at that point, but just coming back to things that were still theirs mm-hmm. or their room, you know, that 
now there's an empty bed and yeah those experiences bring yeah. you closer together as a couple yeah 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 we got good at grieving with like a bag of cheetos on the floor yeah oh. the costco size bag of cheetos yes yeah where have you needed the most grace in parenting probably shouldn't name names on here um I love my children very much. <laughs> um, no, I do think something that I wasn't prepared for in foster care is the different parenting strategies that we need to use. And honestly, the different parenting styles that, that we have to have because our kids are different, for better or worse. Our kids have different needs than families who have bio kids. Like, it is. Like, we're very honest about it. We're very open about it. Um, and so I think with that come some struggles. And because endurance, some, I yeah, think. Like, yeah. I would know that conceptually, but like to be at the end of the day and everybody's tired, everybody just wants to go to bed, you know, and, and those are the moments that like really matter. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. We go through seasons where we do it well and then seasons where we do it very unwell of like being intentional with the time that we have and not having it like everything's on fire. We got to get dinner, baths, homework, and get to bed. And looking at our kids... They all have different needs, like like every kid has different needs. But for us, some of our kids, the reason they got into the foster care system was because they were born addicted to drugs. And so that has an effect on their development, on their growth, on their emotions. And one of our kids does not have that. So like just looking at how we're parenting differently, but also feeling like the one who's more typically developing, uh, maybe sometimes gets left out because all of our parenting energy is to the kids that have needs that are greater than a typical kid. And so sometimes I do feel like like I'm a bad parent in that just because I don't spread my my parenting evenly. And I know it's not possible to do no matter who your kids are. But there's just there's there's a lot of effort into the ones that that have more needs. And so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to the both of you as a close friend watching you go through what feels to me like an emotional gauntlet uh, through all these experiences seven times mm-hmm. and not knowing which one is actually going to be the one that God is going to give you for the rest of their lives. And when I watch parenting happen differently for everyone else, it's planned as, as much as you can. You know, there's then that that process of nine months so that everyone's growing with anticipation and it's coming and we're going to have the exciting gender reveal or whatever. And then, right. And your story has been like zero to a hundred. You hit the yep. ground running right. nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even had time to let the family know. Yeah. Which is like it's part a, of what we love about it is the chaos. There's, I mean, if I'm honest, there's an adrenaline rush there. Like getting the phone call is the coolest thing in the world. Because it's like, whatever I'm doing today, I am no longer doing. I'm going to go pick this baby up. So then, but that also works in the reverse. Yeah. So so 100 miles per hour, all of a sudden. 100%. Gone. Done. Totally done. Yes. Sometimes Um, within a couple hours, too. In fact, one phone call we got saying like, okay, we're reunifying this morning. It was a Friday. It was a Friday morning. Jared happened to be working for some weird reason. Like, I think you were speaking somewhere. So, like, yeah. I couldn't get a hold of you. And I panicked. And I quickly, like, I called Beth Wilkie. Like, what do I do? Jared's at work. I have to go to work. I can't. I, uh, I'm like, Beth, call me down. Talk through it. Called their social worker. Called bio family. And, again, that's where, like, the bio family was super gracious. And, like, okay, so the judge said this. But let's just all take a deep breath here and figure out how to how to handle this. But, yeah, it's super emotional like I, I i could not do that emotionally i could not do that it's 
I'm in awe of it because I would be a wreck. Now, I'm, I'm sure that you all felt like you, you felt that. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're superhuman in, in some yeah. way, but God has given extra measures of grace. Janelle's pretty strong, honestly. I've been a wreck at several points. She's like really even keeled. Maybe I'm a robot. Us. Jared, all of us who know you well, praise God for Janelle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <we've>, right? Like <laughs> in spades. Jeez. Mike and Abby, we've had this conversation with them about how foster parenting just makes what regular parenting is, like, it's just heightened. Because mm-hmm. for everybody, their kids aren't, you're not guaranteed. Your kids aren't yours. Right. Like, I don't own my kids. You right. don't own your kids. Like, you biologically had your kids, but you don't own them. Right. They're ours for however long God chooses to give them to us. And so it's, I would like for it to be more than a few months, but. And I think, at least for me, there was a shift over time of thinking only about foster care in terms of like, how can I get the most kids as painlessly as possible, as fast as possible mm-hmm. and seeing value and getting to be part of the process, even if the outcome wasn't that we got to adopt. Which mm-hmm. honestly is easier once we were able to adopt. It was way easier yeah. to have a kid at home, yeah. to not have to come back to an empty house. Yeah. Yeah. What would you want people in the church to know about foster care adoption in terms of how they, they talk about it, how they can mm. support it? Please don't ask me, do I plan to have kids of my own? Mm. And don't tell me a story about, oh, we know someone who adopted, and then the next day, they got pregnant. Like, nope. It's not not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So those sorts of insensitivities. Yeah. Not Which, helpful. and no. I mean, if I'm totally honest, I did that. I'm sure I did that before we started struggling with infertility. So I get, like, a lot of people have a good heart behind it, but. Well, when you say also uh, they can support it, what does that look like? Like, what would it look like for me to support that? Exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you coming have. over, like, I mean, honestly, coming over, like, hanging out with our kids. There's been a half a dozen times where we've called you and like, we just need, we need somebody to talk to. Well, you, you and, and you and Ingrid watched when we went to pick up Andrew. Oh yeah. You watched Faith. It was Faith. Yeah. yeah that's right. Um, so it's like stuff like that. Or At it's the like, Banky's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and right. then we got Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's every, also an easy bridge for me because of, of natural friendship. But if, yeah. if someone's listening to this and they would like, hey, I, I'd want to support the effort, like what could they do? I think becoming like a trusted part of someone's family experience is really helpful. Okay. So like if you would say, I want to want to be involved to find someone who's doing that. Right. And in a non-weird way, in a non-invasive way. Sure. Just to move towards them. Right. It's not glamorous stuff we need help with, right? It's yeah. like when we get a call, it's so helpful for someone to drop off diapers and Big Macs or yeah. something like that. You sure. know? Right. Or somebody one time, they sent us a laundry service randomly. And at first I was like, well, that's weird. It was so helpful. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like our, they washed our clothes for us. One time Abby came over and cleaned our house. Yeah, that's right. Because it was just, we were in a bind, stuff like that. Or it's... I think what I need right now is just someone to, I I need to feel seen to say, I see you in Mm. your parenting and I see that it's hard and I see that, that this is difficult and it's different. And just to acknowledge the differences, I think sometimes we're so afraid to like just mention it. And it's like, no, like we're very open with our kids that they're adopted. We're very open about what we do. That must be a Google call. Yeah. That must be a foster care. Do you take it? You You want to take it? Take it. You step out of the room and we can, uh. We'll pick it back up when you get back. Hey, Grace. I just stepped out to take a phone call, but now I'm stepping back in to remind you about membership class coming up on May 6th. Coming to the membership class doesn't obligate you to join our church. Just a chance to hear from some of our pastors more about what we believe and what we believe God calls his people to in living as a part of a local church community. 
It's a great chance to meet new people at Grace and just explore together the calling and the benefit and the privilege of church membership. You can find out more information by going to gracebaptist.org slash membership, and you can register for the class there. Hope to see you guys there. We good? We're good. I didn't know if it was the Avengers calling you. Or... <laughs> um, no, it's just just foster care. We're foster like at the last stuff. step with Danny, and there's some stuff that happened this morning, so we're like... Yeah, no, that was, that was regional center. He has his, his, his yearly something, something. So that should happen anytime. With, with well, it's like, Danny. I need them to tell me that this paperwork thing's cleared so I can tell his lawyer, our lawyer to file. and. To, but, but. Oh, you know what else would be super helpful is, you know, someone that can do paperwork with you. Just come over and sit with you and do paperwork. Oh. Yeah. You know, they don't even have, like, they could just be present. Paperwork. Janelle is a godsend when it comes to paperwork. I'm so unorganized, and she has, like, accordion folders for Praise everyone. the Lord for Google it. Drive. Because mm-hmm. when we first started, Google Drive was not, like, it was not a big thing. And now... I'm very organized with the kids' paperwork until they become adopted. And then it's like, well, you're on your own now. Yeah, <laughs> now fine. I don't have We're to done. do all this stuff. How do you both support one another as parents and as as a couple? Jared sends me away to the beach to be by myself, and it's the best thing ever. Is that your happy place? That's my happy place. Beach, book? Yeah. Alone time? Yeah. Yeah, you don't get a lot of alone time. You're always up to your ears and somebody, either at school or at home. Janelle's just like a stabilizing force in the chaos. I think, like, I can do the people stuff fine, but there's just so much happening all the time in foster care. And she, like, she just takes care of all of us. Like, all the paperwork's done. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I can't keep track of, like, Andy's basketball schedule. and We have, what, like, eight therapies a week for the kids. Yeah. She just has this amazing ability. I I printed it out. It's it's in our kitchen. I know, but I can't even read the chart. Well. I I color-coded it for you. Pretty dumb. Janelle, you have to leave the numbers off. Yeah, yeah. It's the math. Colors are good. Okay. (laughs) Colors are good. Step one. Yeah, but no, then no, there's no. a key, and that's too much. <laughs> no. It was over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, buddy, it's not step one. Step blue. Just tell me where to be and when. <laughs> step red. I think foster care has enabled, facilitated, caused us to just learn how to talk about our emotions better. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not good at that. You're a lot better at that than I am. So I think just like learning how to grieve that that's okay. Yeah. To recognize that we're at different spots. So for some kids, their reunification has been harder for one of us than the other. So learning how to verbalize that and just be together in that. Or just to sit with grief. Yeah. And to realize it's okay if it's not ever Pen. done. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know that it would be. What's it like being married to a pastor, Janelle? I never imagined that I would marry a pastor. I always thought I was going to marry a baseball player. And here we are. <laughs> Basically the opposite of yeah. whatever a baseball player would be. Yeah. yeah that's um, interesting. Why a baseball player? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Went to a lot of baseball games. Professional athlete. Yeah. yeah, which now sounds terrible because they'd be gone all the time. That's so true. I'm very glad that I'm not I like to think, to like, if your parents could conceive of the perfect spouse for you, I am the exact opposite of that. Yes. Oh, Jay, come on, man. Just why I love you. <laughs> Just like, can you fix anything? I cannot. One time. <laughs> Never mind. No, what? <laughs> Tell it. One time they bought me oh, uh, yeah. a hose and some car wash. Because they're like, your cars are really dirty. Like, That's fair. Yeah, they are. You can at uh, least do that, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, do you know how to use a hose? Like, I think I probably could hook it up. It's lefty loosey, lefty righty loosey, tighty, right? Righty tighty. No, yeah. I love, I love it. I, I am thankful that Grace doesn't expect me to fit into a certain box mm-hmm. because I don't. We love that too. Yeah. I think both of our stories coming from other churches, that was not the case. Yeah. Yeah. No, no absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that and always, been a not always spoken expectations, but very present. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
it was a godsend to move here and then not have to work in nursery and not be in charge of baby showers. Just where we were with our life, it was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I needed that breath of fresh air. And, like, I needed to remove myself from all the baby stuff because it was too much. But in a small church. Sure. You were very good at baby shower games, too? (laughs) I was very good at baby shower games. You've been at Grace, what? Be nine years. Nine years? Yeah. Man. Time flies. It's the longest I've ever lived anywhere in one spot. That's crazy. Do you know what's one thing you would want people to know about Jared that they don't? That's a lot of pressure. (laughs) I don't want them to know anything. (laughs) (laughs) I want to keep them all to myself. (laughs) That speaks completely to your personality. (laughs) (laughs) That is Um, That he does the heavy lifting in our house with dishes and cooking and getting the kids ready in the morning. And I don't think anyone ever sees that. And no one expects him to do that. Now you um, are a super from the dad. outside, but I've yeah. seen you maneuver and handle like a, a stroller and a car seat like a champ. It's like years of fumbling with it. Oh, I was no. helping one time. You're like, idiot, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I don't know what to do. I can't do math, but I can do strollers. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Jared's he gets people places and does it well. And when I'm gone at night, which doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while I'll have a work thing, and he like has the kids to bed right on time. They like, dishes are done, floor is swept. And I mean, I spent what this morning, none of that stuff is done, but I'm here. I made it. The kids are alive. And that's kind of my, that's that's my success. But no, Jared, Jared does a really good job with that. RJ, same question. Janelle is a really good musician, really good pianist. She played all throughout high school. She played in college. And I don't think anybody ever gets to see that here. She used to play at some churches we were at. And she's a really good writer. So she has written well over 100 poems and has even gotten one published in an online magazine. So nobody ever knows that about her. But I get to read all her poems, and they're incredible. And almost always they make me cry. Are those poems available for friends to read? Sure. Okay. I didn't know how like, oh, yeah. you know private they are. That's fantastic. I write them on my phone, which as a teacher is like, oh, don't write on your phone. Who does that? But it's just because I... Usually they come to me when I'm running, mm-hmm. yeah, and so right. then I'm like, ah, stop. So are you telling me that hey, you, you right. have a poem on your phone right now? Yeah. What is the likelihood of you giving a live reading on a podcast? I, sure. What do you want to hear? Well, we I got? don't even know. I don't even know either. I also have a list of things I got to get done today, so there's that. We could read that, too. Let's read that as Fix well. the dishwasher. By the way, Janelle does all the fixing in our house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't fix anything. <laughs> That's our marriage, too. I did change uh, the batteries in the smoke detector last year, and I feel pretty good about that still. Oh, I wrote this one for Daniel, but before we knew he was going to be Daniel, because we thought that we were going to name him Owen, Owen because right, when yeah. he came to us, he didn't have a name, right? supposedly. But, but then, then they did. were like, like two weeks later, they're like, oh, just kidding. His name is Daniel. Didn't you just slide Owen into the middle? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. We will. Okay. Wait, let me set it up. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Janelle Burkholder. No pressure. On adoption, for Owen, who's now Daniel. Someday there won't be an asterisk by your name. You'll be fully you and fully ours. Or not, but fully something. Not an add-on, not an explanation. Your history understood. How strange a sense of belonging matters in one's worth. Like hard-packed Carolina clay, your past makes a mark. It's unchangeable and foundational in what makes you, you. Others scoff at the stain it leaves and beg you to make them comfortable by changing your story 
or ignoring it altogether. But your story is as beautiful as it is broken, wanted and unwanted, a paradox of emotions, a both and. Your belonging being forged by those willing to wade through the mud and welcome you home. And I think it's perfect to leave it right there. Folks, thanks so much for streaming into Magnify. Next week, you'll have a sit-down with Joe Keller and two very special guests. Hope you'll be able to stream in. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to Magnify Podcast so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask in our mailbag, you can email them to magnify at gracebaptist.org and we will answer them on the show. Thank you so much for streaming. Feeling kind of sad and tired. Come to Grace Coffee. You'll get wired. Grace Coffee.